The views and opinions of shows on KCNR are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of KCNR Radio. Kind of short and kind of square, through the foam in his mustache, his voice fills the air. Talking about the state of mind, son. Talking about the state of Jefferson. It's a wave on a dusty road. It's a logger's heavy load. It's a cow on the hill. It's a range full of thrills. It's a world life settles in your soul. In your soul, in your soul, settles in your soul. It does. Jefferson settles in your soul. Kind of like Sue. Sue settles in your soul. Hi, Sue. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Welcome back. I'm so glad you guys are here. I'm really excited about the program. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, we have to do well today. Ruh-roh. There you go. <laughs> hey, Wynn. How are you, brother? I'm doing well. How about you, Terry? Doing good. Nice hat, buddy. Yeah. Jefferson. You like that hat. I love this hat. It's an oil skin hat, folks, and mm-hmm. it, it's embroidered beautifully. And uh, But he, he, he loves this hat. He wears this hat everywhere. Mm-hmm. And Sharon called and said that she tried to make you take it off when you went to bed, but you wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> You you how do you get your gammies on over your hat? <laughs> it's a struggle. It's tough to wear in a onesie. <laughs> yeah, with the footies and everything. <clears throat> <laughs> well, here we are broadcasting live from KNCNR ninety six point five FM, where the music sounds better. Fourteen sixty AM, your talk radio. If you have a question or a comment, you can call on to five three zero. We may not answer though. <laughs> Sue will. <laughs> Sue will three, we just won't take the call. Five three zero six zero five four five six seven five three zero six zero five four five six seven. And if you're coming north and you try to get on Pine Street, you cannot. Here in Reading. Uh-huh. I, uh huh. I had to take a little diversion on the way here. It's all shut down. And Sue, you've got a little news on that. So. I I did actually this morning about two hours ago there was an officer involved shooting. Now officers with the Reading Police Department conducted a traffic stop on Pine Street just north of Cypress. During the course of the traffic stop, circumstances led to one officer discharging his firearm, striking the suspect, who was transported to the hospital and was pronounced deceased. The multi-agency officer involved. A critical incident team was then notified and responded while the Shasta County Sheriff's Office has been designated as the lead investigating agency and will release additional information as it becomes available. So currently, Pine Street is closed at the intersection of Cypress Avenue north to Gold Street and will remain closed until further notice to try to avoid downtown Reading. Uh, did it say that it was a Reading police officer that was involved or was it uh, a police officer from multiple agencies? Well, it just appears that it happened during a traffic stop gotcha. with a Reading police officer. With a Reading police officer. So we don't know who pulled the trigger. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Well, prayers so. go out to everybody involved. Yeah, really. And it said, yeah, it said officers with the Reading police department. So there could have been more than one. Right. So yeah. we'll let you know, though, if I get any more, any more information. Great. Thanks, Thank you, Sue. Thank you. So, yeah, here we are. And uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Sorry to bring that uh, rather... Um, Sad note to the program, but I uh, want folks to be aware. I know that uh, we. I went down to um, Civic Center, made a left where uh, 
DMV is, and then came back up and went up East Street. And uh, you can see from East Street, you can see the police cars and their bubbles going and all that good stuff. And and uh, there's a so there's a little bit of traffic that way too. So you might want to keep that in mind if you're heading north on Pine. So uh, as we move on, we've got uh, a lot of cool things happening next year. Um, we have, uh, for one thing, we've, we're setting up the debates uh, slash uh, forums uh, for the assembly districts that of the excuse me for assembly district one, and also for the board of supervisors uh, uh, districts that are running in Shasta County. In Shasta County, mm-hmm. and we've got those set up. Cool, cool, cool. Yep, and Sal's been hard at it with that. She does a great job on that. Janet Chandler will be our moderator, who is marvelous at that. Mm-hmm. Nobody better. Um, so that's good. We'll get the get the uh, uh, people that are running for all these offices in there. See what see what information they have, and go from there. And you know, we do have a lot of informed voters that attend our meetings, <laughs> and they like to know what's really going on, and they're not afraid to ask the real and tough questions. Did you try to bait me into something with that? No, comment? I would never do that. Not on accident. You tried to bait me into something. <laughs> okay, I know you that. did with the informed voter comment. Well, we have a lot of informed voters. <laughs> then we also have others. But um, the informed voters are going to be there getting uh, information, figuring out what's going on. Well, And if you want to become more of an informed voter, I would encourage you to show up and hear what's going on, ask questions, and, uh, and go from there. Yeah, so on a response for a yes or a no, whether they'll come or not, I did get a phone call from a candidate who was concerned about what we meant by informed voters. <laughs> what do you mean by informed voters? Oh, my oh gosh. God, I thought, I yeah, really and truly. Yeah. Uh, I would never say his name, Mr. Morgan. But, <laughs> uh, you know, anyway, it, it was pretty funny. I mean, I, unbelievable. I, I scratch my head sometimes when I think about what we do during elections. But, again, it's sort of what we have, isn't it? It's sort of uh, who runs is who runs, and you sort of have who runs. Mm-hmm. And that happens. I, um, I'm not sure if Sally's heard back from everybody in that district yet. I know Patrick said yes. Morgan, I think, uh, I think is going to come. Um, but the forum we use is really good. Um, Janet Channer asked the questions. Penny Garland uh, is the person who keeps track of who's, whose turn it is to answer the question first. Usually it's about a one-minute question, one-minute answer. And you run the timer? And I run the timer. With an iron fist. Yes, you do. I do. <laughs> if you're a minute and two seconds, you hear about it. <laughs> shut your mic up. Come up there and beat you over the head with a bottle of water. <laughs> no. But, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I don't. You get to scare them away before uh, they yeah, even get started. No. It's just, well, a couple have been there before. They know what the deal is. But we yeah, have. But if uh, they're scared of a forum in front of <laughs> people, then they shouldn't be running for office. You think? Yeah. And we're going to do it for the Senate. Senate? Did I say Senate? Senate. Senate. Lieutenant. <laughs> Lieutenant dances with wolves. Okay, um, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, I think that a lot will be coming again. It's not a debate; it, it is a forum. Okay, so everybody gets the same question, and uh, what happens is Janet will poll folks, you know, a couple weeks ahead of time on those questions. And uh, <laughs> what happened to your board? What happened to your little board? <laughs> Usually, there's this little board that Carl has, and you stick it in the window because what we have is I've uh, the Window. The, the window is like to my right, which is actually to the west. And then, and as I look there, there's Sweet Sue, and she 
doesn't have her board, so she stuck a sticky note saying that Mark's on the line. Kimasabi, what say you, sir? Good morning, Mark. Morning, guys. How are you doing today? Good, good. How are you doing? Oh, every day's a new adventure. Mm. Living the dream. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Do you have snow up there, Mark, or just rain? No, uh, it's uh, not really doing anything right now. It's real. Whatever's uh, coming down, it's mixed at the higher elevations. And where I am right now, it's just kind of really light drizzle. The sidewalks are barely wet. You have sidewalks where you live? I have a sidewalk around my house, but that's the only <laughs> sidewalk within a mile and a half of here. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Like, what? <laughs> if you go far enough, you can find a sidewalk. Though. There you go. <laughs> did you have to make that sidewalk, or did you do it yourself? No, I, I built the sidewalk myself. My wife and I built our own house. But yep. um, I did uh, I did get caught at, at uh, a sidewalk lover's agenda, though, because I poured <laughs> sidewalk all the way around the outside of the house uh, to the driveway, up front for a reason, and that was because my wife loves her plants. She loves green things. She loves growing things. She's really good at it. She has a green thumb, and what I didn't want was a bunch of planter beds right up against the foundation so that the the soil around the foundation would be soaking wet all the time. So I poured a three-foot sidewalk all the way around the house so that she so that my wife, Cindy, can't water the foundation. (laughs) (laughs) And she did catch me at that, by the way. She was standing there one day looking at it on the side of the house there uh, as you go towards the back and said, I know why you did that. (laughs) And I just laughed. (laughs) Too late. But it was too late. It was already done. So now all the green and growing things have to be at least three feet away from the foundation. There you go. (laughs) That's great. Now you, uh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. No, that was it. Okay, um, that was the end of my sentence there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you really yeah. well this morning, which is good. It seems like our phones are working really good. Don't jinx them. I won't. <laughs> Sue's nodding her head and smiling like. Don't cause her stress. Hallelujah! <laughs> Don't stress her out. I won't. Anyway, you uh, wrote a message, and um, I was hoping that you'd read that on the air to the folks. It's a short Christmas message, but I thought it was. Uh, just spot on and very heartfelt. Would Would you mind reading that to us, Mark? No, if you if you want me to, I will. Please. Um, I sent this out to the uh, to Keep and Bear uh, Arms website. As probably a lot of people know, I'm involved in a lawsuit uh, against the state of California for uh, denying the people of California guarantees, uh, Second Amendment guarantees. And we're involved in a lawsuit in the state of Jefferson with the state of California that wants to deny the people adequate representation. And so, uh, you know, we're definitely in the fight ourselves, and all the people in Jefferson are. And, and uh, so I just wrote this short message to everybody uh, coming up to Christmas. And it says, Cindy and I would like to wish each and every lover of liberty in Jefferson a happy Christmas and a blessed New Year. At the time of the birth of Jesus, most of the civilized world was ruled by the Roman Empire. Typical of most dictatorial empires, it was prosperous and good for those in the elite and those with favor. On the other hand, it was not a good government for those tyrannized by it. When the Messiah was born, most of the Jewish people assumed that he would wrest control of Israel from the Romans and restore liberty and self-governance to the people. Many did not understand that the kingdom of which Jesus spoke was not of this earth. Our earthly liberty also issues from the grace of God through the eternal vigilance of the people of this nation and of this state. 
as an example of this, I would like to point to the people of Virginia, the Old Dominion. Within two weeks of the news of tyrannical, unconstitutional, anti-Second Amendment legislation, there are now over 100 Second Amendment sanctuary resolutions passed. And I just want to add, mind you, not all of those laws have been passed by their legislature. They're simply threatened for the next legislative session. On the other hand, after 20 years of unconstitutional usurpation of Second Amendment guarantees, Siskiyou County, California, is the single, the only Second Amendment sanctuary resolution passed in the entire state. We will not prevail, and in fact, we are doomed to tyranny if we turn our backs on morality and on our Creator, because all things come from Him who made us. John Adams said to the Massachusetts militia in a letter on October the 11th, 1798, We have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Avarice, ambition, revenge, or gallantry would break the strongest cords of the Constitution as a whale would go through a net. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Rest assured in the sure and certain knowledge that if we turn our backs on God, he will most certainly turn his back on us. Liberty first, liberty always. Happy Christmas to each of you, and may we turn once more to the Lord for help. And I just want to close by saying that the government of the state of California is composed of far-left progressive activists, and they are afraid of everything. They rule through fear. They're afraid that you can't fend for yourselves, and that's why they think the government should fend for you. They are afraid of the tools you possess because they couldn't trust themselves with those very tools. They can't trust you with the tools because they think the government should tell you what it's okay to have and what it's okay not to have, and specifically with reference to firearms. They don't know how you live, but they're afraid of you. They're afraid of your judgment because they're afraid of themselves. They're not confident in their own ability to govern their family, to to raise their children, so they think that Big Brother and the nanny state should step in and raise their children for them and govern them and tell them everything, where they should spend their money, how they should live, what they should eat, what kind of car they should have. The government of California is afraid that people in the rest of the world, China and Africa, are going to pollute the earth, so they're going to sacrifice your life and your happiness and your economy and your job on the on the altar of environmental uh, environmentalism, I guess, because that's not a scientific fact. It's a religion to them. They worship the creation, not the creator. They've turned their back on morality. While they abhor violence with firearms, they sanction the murder of millions of babies inside their mothers every single year. So it is not murder they're afraid of. It's only certain types of murder because they condone murder of the unborn. They're afraid of how people spend their money, so they want government to tell you how to spend yours and to take it from you so that government can spend it itself because the only way to be sure about these things is for you not to have the money at all. They're afraid of what you do with your liberty, so the answer is to take it from you and have government issue it back to you in a form that they agree with. That's what liberalism is. It is unbridled, rampant fear without the morality gained from the creator of the universe. 
And I personally say no to that. I will not submit. I don't know where that's going to lead. I'm not asking anyone to do that with me. I'm just doing it myself. I think we should all lead by example. But I'll tell you, if people in this state in general don't start standing for the liberties that their fathers died for, we will have no liberty at all. And I submit to you that we already have no liberty at all in the state of California. Why on earth, after 25 years of stripping you of your constitutional guarantees, people aren't up in arms, as are the people in Virginia, after two weeks of being threatened with stripping them of their liberty? I I don't know. People in Texas are standing up. People in Colorado are standing up. People in Washington and Oregon, Virginia, Illinois, Massachusetts, they're all standing for their liberty. Why is the state of California so silent? Are we so cowed? Are we so chained to the table, our master's table, waiting for him to flick the next scrap off onto the floor? Is that is that what's going on here? Because I say no to that. And my resolution for the new year is to never agree to tyranny and to never turn my back on, on the creator who, who gave me everything and who from everything issues. Without him, we have nothing. And if we turn our backs on him, he will turn his back on us. Here, here. Can you stay with us, my friend? We've got to go off to a break. Would you please stay with us? Sure. Great. Time has come. For 51. Let's get her done. Did you know that California was never supposed to be just one state? Before the state was formed in 1850, there was discussion of forming three states instead of one. California has an area larger than seven East Coast states combined, and it takes 14 hours to drive from one end of the state to the other. California is simply too large to govern. Rural communities are being outvoted by more densely populated areas. The state of Jefferson is the solution. Please visit SOJ51.net to show your support. The average adult has issued 32 troopers that with proper care and just a little discipline should serve you well during your entire tour of duty on this planet. They're called your teeth. But when your platoon gets out of line, holes in the formation, or other problems, you need to call in an expert like General, uh, Dr. William Farrell. With decades of experience keeping those troops in line and executing their assigned duties properly and dependently. If you'd rather not be there while he reestablishes order amongst the troops, Dr. Farrell offers sedation dentistry. He and his highly trained staff will whip your troops into shape without any discomfort. And having served himself in both the Navy and the Marine Corps, Dr. Farrell offers special consideration to veterans. Let him take the best care of your platoon of teeth, and they will serve you always. Call 547-5757 or visit palocedrodentistry.com. At ease. And for a limited time, Dr. Farrell is offering x-ray, exam, and cleaning for just $175. Call 547-5757 to schedule your visit. Hi, I'm Rob Burroughs from the Northern California Veterans Museum and Heritage Center. Come join me as the new host of brand new Battlefield Expressions show, debuting December 7th, 2019. Battlefield Expressions is a go-to program providing veterans and their families an opportunity to call in and ask questions and receive information particular to their individual needs. Veterans and their families who sacrificed and served our country. Every Saturday, 9 to 11, here at 96.5 FM, 1460 AM, Talk Radio. Thank you. 
Celebrating 20 years in business, Five Star Bank is a community business bank serving small to medium-sized businesses and is a champion of local economic development and community stewardship. Five Star Bank was founded in 1999 by a group of local entrepreneurs who wanted to create personalized banking services inspired by shared vision and goals. Today, Five Star Bank is among the top 5% of performing banks in the nation for banks of its size. Five Star Bank proudly serves farmers, ranchers, and growers in the agricultural community, commercial real estate developers, and construction, those who lead nonprofits profits and churches and entrepreneurs in emerging technology. Five Star Bank is also committed to small businesses through a robust SBA department. They understand that when it comes to business, timing is critical. Their sense of urgency and speed to serve are part of the foundation of their success. Visit fivestarbank.com and visit your local branch at 358 Hartnell in Reading. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. song. Beautiful song. Yep. Well, we're back here at KCNR 96.5 FM where the music does sound better. The reason for the season. Mm -hmm. Especially the backup vocals. (coughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, 1460 AM, your talk radio. If you have a question or a comment, 605-4567, 605-4567. We have Mark Baird on the line and we have Jimmy on the line. Jimmy, when we usually, when we have two phone lines, my friend, it's Nobody can hear each other. Yeah, nobody can hear each other. So um, what you got, my friend? Okay, I'll try to make it quick. Uh, the first question I have is, does anybody here know the new sheriff's um, position on open carry permits? Hmm. No. No, no, we don't. Uh, he was on Carl's show. I, I don't remember if it was Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, but you can go to the archive there and see what he said. I don't think that was ever asked of him, but I know that he said that nothing was going to change with CCWs. Okay. That's my first question, and I'll ask him if I ever get a chance to and let you guys know, or vice versa. We'll have him in. The second question I have is a two-part question, which I'll take off the air. Um, Are you guys optimistic that when the CFR case and the Second Amendment case goes to the Ninth Circuit, which I'm kind of think in the Second Amendment case will also. Are you pretty optimistic that um, it'll get handed to hopefully one of uh, Trump's new appointees or somebody who is a more conservative judge? And, and who appoints the judges to these cases? And that's uh, all I had to ask, and I'll take my answer off here. All right, buddy. Did you hear that, Mark? Yeah, I did. Well, um, I'll answer these Second question first. Um, yeah, I'm always optimistic. I, I wouldn't waste the time and the money uh, to pursue these things if I didn't think we could win. Um, 
I'd just be packing my stuff and trying to find a hole in the ground in Idaho that I could pull the rock <laughs> over the top and try to hide out while the storm approaches. So, yeah, I am optimistic. And if you don't fight, you don't have a chance ever. But, yeah, Jimmy, I, I think, first of all, with the Trump appointments, we have it, we have now at least an even chance of getting a decent uh, panel. And remember, it's three judges. So, And all we need are two. The two votes wins the case. So, yeah, I am optimistic about it. And in addition to that, the state of California freely admits what they're doing. They admit that they they admit that they'll never allow uh, the vast majority of lawful citizens in California access to Second Amendment guarantees. They admit that right in their court filing. They just don't think it's wrong. So I think at some point, whether it's in the Ninth Circuit or the United States Supreme Court, someone somewhere is going to say, wait a minute, it's against the rules for states to deny their citizens access to the Bill of Rights. I mean, could you imagine if California said, well, we can't possibly allow the vast majority of lawful citizens access to the First Amendment. Can you imagine the hue and cry? Well, maybe not in California. Maybe there wouldn't be a hue and cry. Maybe you'd hear nothing, just like you hear when we lose most of our rights. But, um, but yeah, I am optimistic. I'm also optimistic that CFR could shake the can. The CFR lawsuit could really rattle their cage. I mean, it is true. You know, the, we're asking a simple question. What is enough representation for people who are, are typically and traditionally underrepresented? Is it one for a million, one for 10 million, one for 50 million? I mean, the court has to answer this question at some point because I think at one for a million, you live in a dictatorship. Look at District 1. Brian and his wife are the kings and queens of District 1. Everything that happens to a million people plus come from their dinner table. I mean, and and with their kowtowing to the uh, socialist progressives in Sacramento. Uh, look at the sheriff. Here we have a lack of representation here, and not only that, an infringement of Second Amendment rights. Does anybody know whether the sheriff, and we, and we do these things automatically. I caught myself doing it. Does anyone know whether the sheriff will allow us to have to have access to the second Second Amendment guarantees? Does anyone know that? Well, my God, we're asking that question of ourselves. We have access to the Second Amendment because we're citizens of the United States of America, and we created a government that guarantees our liberty, and it's their only job to secure the rights of the governed. That's the only job that government has. And we're asking if a, if a lousy sheriff in a small county in California is going to allow us to exercise the Second Amendment? Uh, I, I can't believe that we ask ourselves these questions, and we all do it. I'm not singling Jimmy out. He's, you know, he's the same as the rest of us. We should stop asking, and we should start exercising, and then demand that the government stay out of business over which they have no jurisdiction. And that's what the people in Virginia are doing. The sheriff of Culpeper County being actually a constitutional sheriff, oh, my Lord, he's the first one in the United States of America to say something like this. I will defend the Second Amendment, and I will deputize thousands of ordinary people, if that's what it takes, to defend that liberty. And why we don't have 58 sheriffs who are willing to do the same thing is absolutely beyond me. Or just one. I know the answer. It's because we don't vote right and we don't select the correct candidates. Well, a lot of times, you know, it's the status quo. I mean, that's the deal. I know that Jimmy asked about our new sheriff who will be coming in. I don't, I've heard mixed things on him. I don't know the man. I'm not going to make a judgment on him until 
Uh, I, we will invite him to speak at the Patriot meeting, folks. We will un- invite uh, Under Sheriff McGreeny to come in and speak, and then we'll get an idea of where the guy stands. Uh, you were talking about a hole uh, somewhere. Well, there is a small town in Idaho of about 700 people uh, that I just heard of recently that <coughs> some people might be moving to in the not-too-distant future. But anyway, it's the kind of thing where, you know, the media is part, partially to blame. And I'm talking about, really, the conservative local medias. Um, you know, we need to get the word out of what's going on. You're right. I don't know why people stand for this. And I don't think a lot of them do. And I want to send a word of encouragement out there because we did have a, an anti-impeachment rally that we pulled together within 72 hours. Some marvelous women uh, pulled this together together. Uh, uh, just great ladies that pulled this thing together. 72 hours, we got 500 people on the streets, and they were passionate, and they were out there, and they were they were chanting four more years, and they were waving flags. We were lined up for almost a half a mile. And no laws were broken. No laws were broken. No looting occurred. No looting occurred. No, Nobody got shot. No trash on the street. No trash on the street. No poop on the ground. That's right. You bet. <laughs> You know, and I, I mean, when you stop and think about the folks out here, I think there are, they are, I, I think to agree they're, they, they're, well, they are really starting to stand up. The problem is the media. I mean, here we get coverage from the media. Uh, you know, we had twice as many people as the, the Democrats on the other side that, that wanted to, that want to impeach Trump. That were bust in? Oh, were they bust in? And, you know, the, uh, the guy who was on our side from, uh, from, uh, from KC, uh, KRCR was on the other side, and he was filming the, the, the Democrat side here. And he walked by me and goes, you know, I can't go any further here. There are just too many people on our side. It's just, it, it, I mean, it's exasperating. And then we have, you know, we have a lot of different things, you know, on programs that are, you know, just uh, they're, they're meaningful and they're fun and, and they're great. And, you know, who's doing this tonight? Who's doing that tonight? What's going on this week? We're losing our liberty, folks. So when you're there at Christmas with your family and your friends, talk politics. Talk a little politics. Maybe not the whole time, but talk a little because you're going to have to bring some things up. Reality In is, an educated manner. You need to talk it if you know it. Yeah. In an educated manner, you need to talk to if you know. Well, everybody, I mean, you know, there's there's a few things. Being like, gee, isn't crime up? <laughs> I mean, you yeah. don't have to be too educated on that. Yep. Uh, gee whiz, you know, when you look at what's going on in our country and in our world, I mean, as Mark said so eloquently, that's a beautiful, beautiful uh, message you wrote, Mark, by the way. It was just very touching. And, you know, you're so right. I mean, you know, what we have to do is we have to make sure that, that we come back to God. And we don't turn our backs on him. And it's liberty first and liberty always. I mean, folks, come on. 100 counties in Virginia, and we can't get one, quote, quote, constitutional sheriff? I mean, these guys are... Well, I, the, just, the, I ain't got the words. The beauty of it is that Siskiyou County has had it for how many years, Mark? Three or four years? Four years. Oh, it's been uh, four years at least. We've had a Second Amendment resolution, anti, a Second Amendment sanctuary resolution, if you will. Okay. Can you open carry in your county? No, you can't open carry here either because the sheriff isn't a constitutional sheriff. Yeah, so it was done by the Board of Supervisors, but not, and the sheriff probably had very little, if anything, to do with it, correct? Right. Okay, Steve, there you go. It was done by the people to make it happen and forcing the Board of Supervisors to take action. We're coming up on an election year, folks. This is a perfect time to make that happen. Absolutely perfect time. Get your act together. I know it's the, I know it's the holidays, but guess what? Everybody works on everything every day. Just do it. Get her done. 
Make it happen. You know, I had a, a good conversation with Trish Clark, who's been a supervisor, and um, very, very good. Trish is a, a wealth of information when it comes to understanding how things work. And she's a patriot. And it was very, very, uh, it was a great conversation with her. And she enlightened me on a lot of different things and how things work and all that good stuff, you know. But believe me, the frustration with this past sheriff uh, has been going on for a while. And that was shown in the last election when Green got 48% right out of the chute. Um, Jimmy, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I doubt if this guy will do any open carry permits. I mean, I, I, I just don't see that. You know, again, even, and I know this logic is wrong, and I know that basically there's no way that a sheriff or anybody should infringe on our constitutional right. It's a right. It's not whether we get permission or not. But even just if you look at it in a way of if you trust 10,000 people to have the discernment on when to use their weapon concealed, when to use that weapon where they could be taking someone's life, wouldn't those same people have the discernment of when it would be the best to open carry and best to conceal it? You know, I mean, just simple questions like that that these guys can't answer. I mean, Bosenko's answer that was, well, you know, I'm not going to issue any <laughs> because I don't have to, you know, and then he bounces off. And so, you know, that's the deal. When you, you know, uh, how much longer do we put up with that, folks? And really and truly, I'm going to appeal to the media. You know, all you folks who have programs out there, local programs, come on now. I mean, come on, you know, come on. Let's get with the program here. Let's get with it. Understand what's going on with Liberty. Hey Mark, um, quick question. Um, yeah, it was. It's in the uh, in the chat room, and you you probably already saw it, and maybe and you did respond. But for the listeners, um, are you optimistic about getting conservative judges? Um, you know that will help um, the CFR Citizens for Fair Representation case. Um, do you do you see that happening? Look, I think the CFR case is a case is a little different than the Second Amendment case. I, I'm very optimistic about the Second Amendment case, and it's probably the most important case that that I've, you know, uh, personally been involved in, uh, because what it will do is it will it will force the concept of liberty on a socialist, progressive, fearful, hateful, tyrannizing government. The CFR case is, is a little bit different. Uh, conservatives hate the idea of representation. Uh, well, I'm not going to say conservatives. I'm going to say Republicans. Republicans, the Republican Party hates the idea of adequate representation as much as the Democratic Party does. When you look at CFR, every politician in Sacramento hates us, every single one. They are diametrically opposed to you having a say over your own life, and they are diametrically opposed to districts small enough that it sucks the money out of the politics. How do these people get rich anyway? I mean, how did Jim Nielsen get rich? How does he live in a gated community in Woodland? How did he get away with the fact that he never lived in his district when his district, before his district, was gerrymandered? How, how do we get away from the fact that the Dallies are hauling, uh, their trucking company does hauling for the very bio plant that they claim to have saved? How do we get away from that stuff? How do we get away from the fact that politicians in Sacramento have told us that they never have face-to-face -face meetings with their constituents because they just don't have time? Well, I bet they have time for face-to-face -face meetings with lobbyists who have big checks they can write. And in addition to that, I was in several meetings regarding this, uh, uh, regarding the uh, water bond. I don't know why I got invited to those. In fact, I asked Senator Nielsen, why do you invite me to these things? I'm the only one in the room that's against this piece of trash. He says, well, you know, we want to hear your opinion. So here's how this works. 
The room is filled with lawyers, lobbyists for all the big water interests, Westlands Water, Frying Irrigation, all those, all those outfits. I can't even name them all. There are so many. And, and here's how it works. Uh, I say, well, hey, guys, what about the fact that there's 250 million bucks in this bond proposal to rip out four perfectly good dams on my, uh, on, on, in my county that supply electricity to 70,000 homes and protect us from fire and floods and everything else. And the guy from uh, Westland's Water, who, by the way, his shoes would have paid a month's salary for me. His suit was probably a 1000 bucks. And he says, where the heck is the Klamath River anyway? And Nielsen says to him, oh, you know, it's up north there. He's, huh, okay. So he didn't care. Here's what the guy from, here's what the head of Nevada Irrigation said. He said, well, here's what we could say about Bay Delta Restoration. You could run it in any newspaper in the state in the obituary section and say that the Bay Delta Tunnel will be the death of Northern California. And the guys at Westland Water just laughed because they're the ones that get the water. They're the ones that get the water out of the Trinity River. Now, here's the deal. The Indians up there, the tribes, the Yurok and, and some of the other tribes on the Trinity and the Klamath, they don't ever mention the fact that 90% of the Trinity River goes to Los Angeles. Never. It never comes up. All they want to do is persecute the farmers that draw water out of the Klamath River. You know why? Because they are well paid from Westland's water and frying irrigation for all the water they're sucking out of Whiskey Town Reservoir. And that's where that water goes, Southern California. And it's sold for 50000 bucks an acre foot to the idiots down there that poop in the street and live in each other's uh, garages in order to supply housing for those that are disenfranchised. I mean, you know, this is a scam. And so I don't know about CFR. Everyone hates that. You know why? Because they hate the fact that you may have some control over your life if the districts were small enough that it was cheap and easy to get rid of a bum like, say, Tom Basinko or Brian Daly or Jim Nielsen or any of the other bums that claim to represent us, and it would only cost about two or 3000 bucks to get rid of them if, CFR, if the CFR case prevailed. And that scares the living hell out of the Republican Party and the Democratic Party to think that the people of this state might be in charge of their own affairs. Hmm. Well, you they, know. they tend to forget that we are the employers. Mm -hmm. They always forget that. We are the bosses. The taxpayers, oh, sovereign citizens it, are man. the bosses. They don't care. That's true. They don't care. You're right. We've got about two more minutes up until the break, Mark, um, and then we'll uh, we'll bring it on home from there. But, you know, um, I, I it, it's so – everything you said is so spot on. Um, again, I just I, – I think the real frustration is we don't hear enough of this or – I mean, people are just frustrated because their voices aren't heard. We're we're just so enamored with all this other stuff, you know. Um, even here with local media, uh, yeah, we do need to get the word out. But we've got this thing called uh, Measure A that uh, maybe Nick Gardner will call in up during the next program. I mean, there's some really, really, uh, <laughs> really bad stuff in there. And uh, a lot of the general consensus is, well, it's what we have. You know, we've got to do something. So, you know, I would submit to you that bad law is better than no law at all. Um, and when you have a, a situation where you have bad law to where you're just spending money and it, really nobody even knows where it goes, and on top of that, some of the things, to give you an idea, to rescind this tax 
or to bring this tax uh, down lower, this one-cent sales tax that they want to do in the county, you have to have a four-fifths quorum, not a, not a, a, a three out of five, but four out of five. And when I talked to a supervisor the other day, he said, well, we wanted it really to be five out of five. I said, well... That's to repeal it? That's to repeal it. Yeah, it's right here in the bottom of this thing that we got from... Uh, uh, from Joe the other night. Holy I mean, there's smoke. a lot. Of, there's a lot. I mean, it's insane. And uh, I talked to somebody about that who's in the media, and his response was, "Well, you know, we got to do something." Oh, okay. So let's <laughs> do the wrong thing. You know, why not take a couple months, do the forensic audit, get that out of the way, rewrite the bill, and resubmit it for November. Anyway, with that, we do have to go off to a break. Mark, if you could stay with us and bring us home, brother. Um, we're going to go off because time has come. Four fifty-one. Let's get her done. Amen. Wonderful Life will be shown at the historic Cascade Theater on Monday, December 23rd. Pack up the family, grab some drinks and popcorn, and enjoy this classic on the big screen. An angel sent from heaven to help a frustrated businessman by showing him what life would be like if he never existed. Tickets available at CascadeTheater.org or by calling 530-243-8877. The Reading Rancheria Senior Nutrition Program provides socialization, transportation, and free meals to eligible Native American elders and their spouses. Our program celebrates Native elders through cultural activities, entertainment, exercise, and education. Elders can dine together here and will deliver meals to those who are unable to attend. The Reading Rancheria Senior Nutrition Program is free. Discover the services available to you or your elders at ReadingRancheria.com. This is Carl on the Bot, and there's only one place you will find a new Sleep Number Dual Temp Layer Bed. That's right, Sleep Number in Reading. Be sure to go in and see them in the Target Shopping Center next to the Vitamin Shop. My sleep number is 40, and I feel great. Right now they're making room, so go in and receive huge savings on all Sleep Number memory foam and iSeries bed sets. My sleep number is 55. Go find yours today. Sleep number in the Target Center next to the Vitamin Shop. Did you know that Article 4, Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution lays out the framework for the state of Jefferson's plan to split California? A state can be formed from the land within another state if the state legislature and Congress approve it with a simple majority vote. 51% is all it takes. 
Your vote doesn't count in Northern California. California is broken and the time has come for 51. Please visit SOJ51.net and donate now to show your support. Such a good job, girl. You are awesome. So are you. Beautiful song, huh, Mark? Yeah, I love Christmas music. Uh, I love it. Well, you know, Trish Yearwood does, did such a beautiful song, a beautiful album. Uh, her Christmas album she did years ago was just, just beautiful, all the songs like that. Just amazing, 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 amazing. When you have an announcement, sir. I do. What am I announcing? Oh, hey, I know. If you want to f- <laughs> I'll fund the court case. <laughs> Hello, McFly. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading something. I kind of got focused on it. Um, we'd love to have your support, and you can mail your check, cash, money order, what have you, to P.O. Box 751 Palisadro 96073, and you can make the check out to SOJ or CFR, either one, and um, we'd love to have the money. Appreciate it. It'll help our court case and well, we need the money and the I advancement mean, yeah. moving forward because we are definitely getting to the point where we need the money. You know, and, and again, if everybody was sending ten bucks, we would be, be done. We would have been done. Yeah. You know, we have big donors and people who sent you know thousands of dollars. You know, I mean, I have a good. I mean, Nick Gardner. I'll never forget what he did. He donated a thousand dollars. What a great guy he is. And I mean, it was like the widow's might, you know? Yep. And uh, just, you know, a lot of people that have just, and I'm not advocating that as much as, come on, uh, you know, five bucks, something. I mean, you know, and and then people have said, well, you know, um, how are we doing? And, and uh, gosh, you know, where's the money go? Well, it goes to the attorneys. I mean, we've been doing this for three years. The court costs. It is Good expensive grief. for court. It's not just... It's not just going to attorneys. It's going for the, the court expenses, the documents that we have to file and the paperwork we have to pay for and, and the copies because you have to make multiple copies of all this stuff. And it adds up collectively and um, 
any court case, if anybody's ever been in court, you know it's expensive, and especially something on this caliber. And we've already spent a year and a half in federal court, and now we're in the Ninth Circuit heading that direction, hoping to get to the Supreme Court. So it's going to take time, and it takes a lot of money to get there. And in the very beginning, um, like Mark so aptly said that it's going to take approximately a million dollars. Not knowing how much it's going to cost, that was just a figure thrown at the wall. And we've only spent just a little bit over half of a million dollars, and um, we're, we're not there yet. So a million probably is not um, not wrong, is not wrong at all. So we need to kind of fill that void and keep moving forward. So we'd appreciate any and all donations that everybody could share with us. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine in uh, El Dorado County, Mm-hmm. And he was saying that, uh, that there's a lawsuit he's got going that uh, is protecting a, um, um, an elder lady's uh, uh, finances and that sort of stuff. Anyway, long story short, um, that attorney has cost him three fifty an hour. You know, um, our attorney sometimes costs seven hundred. Yeah, but it's a, I mean we're talking about a simple case as opposed to something that's well groundbreaking. I mean, we've done a writ of mandamus. Yeah, we've got a lot I of mean, free time from our attorneys, oh, too. Oh, tons of free time. Tons of free time that they have Hours not, and hours and hours. Yeah. I mean, phone calls, um, document filings, paperwork, whatever. They've donated to the cause, but there are costs that are associated with it that they have to recover from because they are also in business. They can't stay in business forever without any kind of uh, – Cost recovery. Yeah, ridiculous. I mean, some people say, well, why isn't this pro bono? It's not pro bono. <laughs> I mean, seriously, well, you, why don't you do your work pro bono? You know, I mean, they have given us a lot of free time. Um, you know, we can call the attorneys. We've talked to them for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours uh, about all kinds of things. I know, Mark, you've been on Scott Staffney's uh, radio program dozens of times. Can you elaborate a little bit on that, brother? Well, I mean, First of all, and I'm paraphrasing, the Bible says no man should be denied his wages. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, when people do legitimate work, they expect legitimate pay. These guys are doing this more for the cause than anything else. Mm-hmm. But they still have to keep their lights on and pay their secretaries. And you know, we had some. We had to uh, for the Ninth Circuit. We had to have uh, you know the court is filled with prima donnas, and they insisted that the appeal be bound in a certain mm-hmm. way and printed on a certain kind of paper mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. That was super expensive. I mean, you know, even if someone does something pro bono, there's still expenses involved. And, you know, when I was in construction, people would ask me, well, how much does it cost to build a house? And I'd say, well, if you figure 150 bucks a square foot, you won't be too far off, you know. And and what the lawsuit costs in federal court, million bucks, and, and pretty much every one of them is right thereabouts. Uh, how much fuel does the DC-10 burn? 20,000 pounds an hour. I don't know how much it's going to weigh on takeoff. I don't know any of that stuff, but that number is pretty close. And that's that's all we're talking about. But look, folks, you know, we won't win if we can't pay because these guys do have to pay their secretaries. They have to eat, too. They need to put gas in their cars. They have to pay for things. So if we can't afford to pay, they can't afford to work, and that's just the way it is. So how bad do you want this? And i I got to say, all of this, all of this boils down to lack of representation. Can you imagine that if counties had their own representatives where they weren't constantly in fear of what issued from Sacramento, they can instruct their own state senator as to what they wanted instead of asking some bonehead that represents 11 counties to try to fight it, even though Los Angeles County has 15 senators and we have 11 counties that have one senator. I mean, don't be ridiculous. Wake up. Come on. I mean, are, are, are we that stupid, really? 
you know, if we had representation, we wouldn't be in 90% of the fights we're in. We certainly wouldn't be fighting the Second Amendment because there are 30 rural counties and probably more that support Second Amendment guarantees, but Los Angeles and San Francisco don't. And between those two and Sacramento County, they can outvote all the rest of us. We're just like Washington State, where where the, the counties that encompass Seattle have more than 51% of the representation. Well, here's the fact. This is an inescapable fact. More than 51% of the representation in the state of California lies from the Los Angeles County line and south. You have none. You can't outvote anyone, not if you wanted to in the worst way, not even if Republicans represented you, which they don't. So you have no representation. That's why we're in this vote. If we won the CFR case, if we could force adequate representation amongst far smaller districts the way the founders of California envisioned, we wouldn't even have to have this radio show. We'd probably have some liberty here. But here we are. So my question is, what are you going to do about it? I know what we're doing. I know what the people who are actively involved are doing. But what are you doing? That's a good point. And by the way, folks, just so you understand, and this is this is not a bad thing at all. Uh, we do, we get a very, very, um, we're treated very well at KCNR. Um, Carl and Linda treat us very well. Um, but, of course, we pay for the programming because that's the way that radio works, that and advertising. I mean, they, they have to make their money, too. But Carl and Linda have given us a very um, palatable and reasonable um, uh, price for doing this. So we pay to do this radio program. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm happy to pay because, again, Carl and Linda do give us a very, very uh, reasonable and uh, honest deal. Uh, and we're, we're very happy with that. But the point is, is that there's a lot of people out there who are busy sitting around. I get, I couldn't tell you all the phone calls I get and emails I get about, well, I've got this great idea on how we can fix Jefferson. Well, we'll get out and do it. You know, you need we to get off your something. rear and get out and do it. I mean, you know, frankly, if you don't do anything, I, w- I don't want to hear what you have to say. If you're just sitting on your butt uh, coming up with ideas, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Well, it's leading by example. People have to do that. Leave from the front like Mark Baird has. A lot yep. of people say, well, why is Mark well, Baird, you, you know. You know what, Barry? I, I have done nothing that millions and millions of other patriots haven't done. Here, here's the way I'd like we to close We got one minute, Kimasabi. We got one minute. Okay. Here's the way I'd like to close this. Lead from the front the way our Lord and Savior did. Mm-hmm. Lead from the front the way Jesus Christ did, who suffered iniquity, who suffered torture, who suffered unimaginable pain and suffering on your behalf, not not knowing you at the time, you know, that saying for generations who know us not and who we know not of. Jesus Christ suffered intolerable pain, un, unimaginable suffering, and he went to that cross, and he died for you, and and that is leadership. That's leading from the front. Turn your back on that at your own peril. And you squander the gifts that were paid for by your fathers with their blood, their treasure, and their sacred honor at the peril of your children because they will grow up in a world that you don't even recognize. And guess what? If you don't try to stop it yourself with personal effort, you deserve whatever you get. Amen. Thank you, Mark.